Hi everyone. Hello. Hi, my name is Trish, Dr. Trish, the core behavioral therapist, and I am here with um, Asha Rappersad, who is a labor and uh, employment um, lawyer, and she is also a professor. She teaches constitutional law at Wilfrid Laurel University. Um, and she hails from Toronto, Canada. Um, and she also happens to be my cousin. <laughs> so this is going to be fun. <laughs> and we're going to discuss as many things as we possibly can. Um, and we also are drinking a glass of wine. So if you all want to grab a glass of wine <laughs> and cheers to us and to you and to 2020, we're in December, everyone. Um, and this is great. So cheers, everybody. Ah, I have white wine. I don't know what everyone else has. But <laughs> what, are you, what are you drinking? It's red wine. Red wine, okay. It's the most like relaxed interview I've ever done. I know, right? <laughs> I love that UB40 song, Red Red Wine. I always so do I. Song. Yeah. Good old school song. Yeah. So I invited Asha here um, because there's so much to discuss. Um, she knows a lot about disabilities, um, especially in Canada and the law and, and whatnot. Um, and I wanted to ask her some questions about what are some issues people are facing with collecting disability or, or people who are disabled during 2020 um, in Canada and in Toronto? What are some things you've seen? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really, it's a really broad question, but what I can tell you um, in related in relation to COVID in particular, I don't think it's going to come to as any surprise to you being a behavioral therapist, uh, right. that mental health issues are skyrocketing. Right. And as resources uh, continuously get diverted to um, dealing with the COVID pandemic, what we're seeing is a spike, a significant spike in people that are facing mental health um, disabilities such as depression, anxiety, um, and you know that's not surprising given the level of uh, isolation that people are feeling. People can't see their families. Uh, there's a lot of change. There's a lot of job loss. Um, there's a lot of financial instability and during periods of, of, of change and financial hardship you also see marital breakdown. You also see um, a lot of domestic violence on the rise. Um, and I would say specifically, um, it, it's, it's tough for, for parents to balance work-life balance for those that have the luxury to work from home with childcare obligations. Um, it's tough for the frontline workers who also have to um, arrange for care while dealing with this crisis. Um, and uh, as a parent with a child with special needs, it's, it's especially, uh, especially challenging. Um, because there's a lot of resources that are not currently available in person to service children um, that have a special need. Yeah, thanks yeah. for thanks for that. Yeah. Um, Asha, like Asha, is a parent. Um, she's a mother, and um, shout out to Rafiq, her husband, <laughs> and um, Isaac, her son. Um, Asha, can you talk more about what it's like for you to be a parent? Um, with a child who's on the spectrum of autism, especially during this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Um, I, it's difficult. And I mean, um, 
my child, uh, Isaac, he's high functioning autistic. And so um, he, it's challenging because there are services that he relies on such as behavioral therapy. Um, he goes to a small private school um, and those services are not available. Uh, the, the kind of yo-yo schedules with, you know, a lot of teachers calling in sick and um, the lack of consistency in that regard is tough for a child on the spectrum. So um, it's tough um, yeah. for, for, for a parent and the child. Um, you know, that being said, there are some, there are some things to be thankful for. I mean, I, my husband and I are, are grateful and blessed to have the resources to, to care for a child like this. But there's, there's so many parents that I've spoken to and there's so many parents, um, and if you read on the Ontario Autism Coalition site, that are really struggling now because they don't have the resources. Um, their child might have, uh, you know, they might be on lower, uh, like on a lower spectrum of autism or um, require significant more services. And, and it's, it's very costly um, and it's very draining. Um, it's, it could be an isolating journey. People don't understand um, that children on, on the spectrum um, think differently, that they may process information differently, they may misperceive things as a, a, a tantrum as bad behavior, a meltdown as, as bad behavior when it could be Especially culturally, you know, I mean, I know. Yeah, culture. I mean, in our culture, we're from Trinidad, right. it's, it's, <laughs> it's difficult um, because, you know, the, the common thing is like, what's wrong with your child? Why don't you discipline right. your child? You know, they need a spank. They need yeah. a spanking. And so that's right. not the kind of thing. Sometimes you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place because you feel like you have to go through the motions and show publicly that you're disciplining your child when you're not, you know, that they're, some of their behaviors are with not within their control. Right. Um, there could be meltdowns that are happening because there's a fire engine going down and it's too loud. Um, there's sensory overload. There's too many people talking. And then, you know, when things like that happen, my, my son might take something and throw it. Um, not at a person, but just because you know, he can't, he, he might throw it or scream or stim or something like that. I mean, great. Uh, we, we're thankful that there's been progress. I mean, it's incremental progress and it is a journey. Um, and so uh, people say things like, and I guess they don't know, they might say things like, uh, well, his autism is getting better. I'm like, no, well, he's going to have that for, for life. Um, and my husband and I debated about whether we should not tell people about that. Maybe that's a decision Isaac himself might want to, um, disclose and, and um, to other people. But I do feel that um, as it, it's incumbent upon us to, to educate our community, uh, community um, and people in school to promote inclusivity for people with right. disabilities. Um, and I think that a lot of people don't intend to judge. It's just that they're not aware. And there are times where I would get really upset when someone would make ignorant comments to me in the store like you know can you tell your child to be quiet uh you know no other parent would tolerate things like that wow. and it's really stressful when you're trying to navigate a meltdown in, in a store that might be really bright um and uh 
or loud and you still have to deal with uh, a parent's judgment. Um, and so I, I, like I told you previously, Trisha, I would started handing out cards. Um, I love this. I'm so <laughs> I, I brought one right here. It, it, so it looks awesome. like, it looks like this. Um, so actually and, when she, yeah. when strangers come up to her in the stores or what have you, when she's shopping yeah. with her son, Isaac, she um, felt so frustrated, but she felt the need to make these beautiful cards. And I don't know how many parents out there do this to explain their child's disability. I mean, it's a, it's a personal choice, but can you talk about the cards that you made, the cards that you've made? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I used to get angry and I didn't think that was helpful. Those are valid feelings, those are valid feelings. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to get upset. Like, I mean, uh, there's times where, you know, with the stimming, it used to be whistling or you know uh moving around and then he learned a swear word and then he would keep saying that swear word over and over again and then i remember i was in the park one day and there was a mom and she said to her son i don't know what that mother teaches her her child at home but uh don't play with that child and so that that made me really upset and so um i went up to the mom and I said, you may not be aware of this, but my child um, has autism and I handed her the card. And the, what the card is, is that it, I just says, my son has autism, he's not being naughty, he has neurological disorder. If he could Can communicate. You hold the card again? Yeah, it looks like this. Um, and it says, you know, uh, if he could communicate better, he would say, please be patient with me as I learn to function in the community. I don't mean any harm. I may learn differently and not act the same as you, but I'm doing the very best I can. And then it's an explanation and said, my son has sensory issues and may scream or screech at loud noises or say inappropriate language if he's anxious, overwhelmed, tired or hungry, or if there's changes in his routine. And I, I wrote at the bottom, thank you for respecting my family as we journey down the path of autism. And so, I mean, there's no right or wrong way. I mean, each parent is individual and on a different journey of what they want to disclose to their to, to people, what they want to say. But I know in our specific circumstances that, uh, I mean, eight out of 10 people, nine out of 10, I'd say the vast majority would say, I'm really sorry, I didn't know. Um, and so there is a tendency for parents that is particularly parents that have children on the spectrum to avoid going out in public because it's just so stressful dealing with the judgment in addition to the child. Like it's, uh, let's not lose sight of the fact that this is a child in distress. They're not misbehaving. It may be bright. It may be loud. Um, and it's a neurological disorder. Yeah. And I mean, um, and so we really have to plan. It's, yeah. it's, we really have to plan um, before we go out to say, like, if he's having a meltdown, where are we going to go? Um, can we really exit out of this situation? Um, things like that, um, you know, to sleep, things, you know, really a plan. Um, and so, you know, kids on the spectrum, not all of them, but have difficulty with transitions and, and change and moving from one thing to the next and there might be rigidities in, in behavior and so um that, that yeah so this is I, so this is so interesting and you really opened up with some great great um acknowledgments and things you know i work for a school too as you know and um, i actually work on a team 
um, that does IEPs, individual education plans for students. And um, I was wondering, you did say something about your child is not getting full services, especially during COVID. Is it a technology issue? I know you said that a lot of teachers called out sick, but are they not meeting online like, like other schools or they're just supposed to meet in person with your child? No, I mean, I think um, Isaac's, uh, Isaac's not going to the regular mainstream public school. Um, I think public school is, it was a challenge for him because it's, 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 the public school is catered to like a cookie cutter approach, right? And it's not really tailored for a child that has um, a special need. There are programs, there are autism programs within the school, but it really depends. It's not tailored it's not organized in between like a child that might be high functioning um or a child that's nonverbal. so it's and they have no um supports in terms of aba therapy that's integrated into the autism program which is a huge um you can't uh, can you explain you know, what aba therapy is like applied behavioral therapy is is, is a common service that yeah. kids on this the spectrum receive um and so um a lot of the schools don't offer that or um in certain public schools within toronto i've requested to have um aba pay privately for an aba therapist to go into the classroom and that's not allowed which is problematic in my view because it's not really servicing the needs of the child effectively um, and it would actually help the teacher out if the if it was integrated um, so we made the dif difficult decision we've had to be creative in terms of our education uh, i don't want to harp on all the negatives about isaac there's so many like great things about him he's a brilliant little boy he's in grade three does grade six math, um, reading at a high level, plays the piano, self-taught, brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. brilliant. A brilliant little boy, very funny, um, very quirky, very, um, you know, when you cultivate a child and allow them to um, lead you, I need a school that can fit that. And it's very hard to find a school where you have a child that on the one hand is so bright but on the other hand, it needs some supports with social development. And we did find a small little private school that has 12 children. Um, they don't all have autism. They may have different issues, like different um, uh, disabilities, but they're learning together. And it's beautiful to see um, them learning to, like, learning to interact with each other. There's a social skills class um, within the school. There's an emphasis on outdoor learning to help them with daily life skills. Um, the B our ABA therapist is allowed to come in. Right now we were, um, those, those services, in-person services were not allowed. Um, and the school won't provide. You no, would, you no, provide no. Yeah, and I mean, those services are, are very expensive. So you're looking at a, a parent that wants to do ABA Right. Um, and if they can't send their child to regular school, you're looking at paying between six to eight thousand dollars a month. Wow. Um, and um, as good as our healthcare is in um, Canada and Ontario, there is no funding um, right now. Like there, we're in the process of transition, and um, it used to be a needs-based process, but um, that was 
revisited and there was like a lump sum payment that parents got but needless to say i don't think the average canadian or even the average american would right. be able to afford something like that so you're going to have a lot of children um in later stages of their life that may need to be uh reliant um on a government and so i mean i think our job as parents is we think long term if you have a child with a special need you always think in the back of your mind like when i'm not here what's gonna happen to much <laughs> and so i mean uh i think i think with isaac he's coming along uh well uh he's he, it's a different journey um he's learning at his pace he's he's not um bullied he's in an environment where he's accepted um for his quirks and all and uh the school staff love him and i think that means a lot it's not like the stress that having to go through uh, public school and there's incident reports constantly um you know uh, uh, very rigidities in terms of the individual accommodation plans or the IDPs um, and then fights over like what could be included in those plans and it was just so bureaucratic it stressed me out um, and I couldn't I, I said I needed something with a little bit more flexibility I'm a parent that's hands-on and I want to pop in and see my child at lunch I want to pop in and be part of the education plan um, and so we found that that hybrid model works um, and so my mom was fabulous with COVID issues to help us a lot but now because she's at risk she's an older we can't bring right, my like son COVID, yeah. Uh, yeah and so um, but I mean as hard as it is like we we see him more um, we see him thriving because we're able to provide services and give him individualized learning. There's a lot more people because of the pandemic, uh, leaving aside children with a special need that are thinking, hmm, let's reassess the way we teach our children. Like, right. let's think about homeschooling options. And so um, think about it. A child that's in a classroom with uh, 25 other kids, one teacher, maybe one uh, ECE, um, how much individualized attention is that child really getting at the end of the day so i think you're going to see like a lot of um uh, people reconsidering the way that they teach their children after the pandemic so i mean i think you know the journey's been uh you know there's bumps there's been happy days like my <laughs> my son wrote me this card it's really sweet and he's like uh, I love you this Christmas Eve. Uh, this was last year in your room. I always put him on my bed and I cuddled, I cuddled you and slept in your bed for one hour. <laughs> um, and so he goes, now I come downstairs at 4.30 a.m. and slept. He gets up at 4.30 a.m. every morning. So wow, on the dot, huh? <laughs> yes, on the dot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so yeah. So interesting. Um, you know, we, you said that it can be stressful for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we also spoke a bit about this and for parents out there who are going through exactly what you're going through, mm -hmm. maybe a little less or worse, or I don't want to say worse, more challenging. Where do you go to get help mentally, emotionally for yourself? Where, do you have any, um, any outlets you go to? What are, what are some recommendations you have in outlets? Um, I, you know, we have, we're lucky to have a supportive family. Um, and there are services in Ontario, they have um, 
autism services, depending on the age, um, the the catchment area that provides parent training and um, services for the children. The problem now is with the pandemic, you can't access a lot of the service. They're online. A lot of them are online. Um, and honestly, between my husband and I, like our jobs are demanding and it's really hard, like just to be able to do the basic things, like in terms of um, going to work, picking him up, <laughs> thinking about bedtime, like all those kinds of things. We don't have the time to do all of those things right now. Um, and so, you know, uh, we're just hoping 2021, <laughs> there's a vaccine. Yay. There's some positive news. Um, we'll get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, you know, it, it, it helps me sometimes too, because, um, you know, it, 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 sometimes it's hard when you see parents that have uh, neurotypical children and they're like oh this kid's dragging me crazy I'm like oh god if you only just knew <laughs> if you only just knew and you're looking and you're like wow <laughs> and it's like you don't you don't want to compare because we have some gifts too we have a wonderful child um and so um but it, it's a different it's a different kind of journey and it's a different type of stress and uh sometimes uh i think the beauty of the school isaac goes to is there's parents that understand so if we go on a play date and their child is having a meltdown they totally get it they're like let's just go home why don't we we break they're at a good place now um and so we they understand without even having to speak or to explain, to explain. there's that we they we understand the, the the journey together um sometimes there's the facebook chat groups with parents and they have no other person to talk to um parents that have children with special needs are way more likely to get divorced because of the strain that it puts on the marriage um and so some people you, you see them writing posts in desperation and they're like i have no one to talk to today was a really low point um, you know, it was really hard and they would say things like autism one today or something. And so, um, there's, there's people that will post things and, and say, you know, I'm with you, we're praying for you. And, and sometimes that's the lifeline that that parent needs to hear because they don't have that support anywhere else. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. And I think, I, I think if there's one thing that you learn um, through all this is patience. I, I think we have like the patience of Job now. Like, <laughs> I swear, I never, Job, never had, I never had patience before. <laughs> and uh, oh my gosh, the kind of patience that you have to learn because you, it is not effective to scream and yell. At, at I just want to thank Asha for coming. I want to thank you so much, Asha, for being on this. I'm sure so many parents out there um, want to hear and learn more um, from a parent's perspective. Um, so thank you so much for coming. If people wanted to get in touch with you, um, can they? Or no, not really, because <laughs> I know you're a lawyer. And it's, not, it's okay. They can get in touch with me and I can relate the message. Yeah, like I have a LinkedIn page. Uh, you, they can always feel free to send me a message. Um, be happy to talk or direct people to services. Like you live, um, in where are you? I don't even know where you live now. Jersey or back in California? <laughs> <laughs> You're so international. I mean, I know, right? 
I'm wherever I'm supposed to be. Right now, I'm in Jersey. Right now. Okay. I was in Florida for a bit. Now I'm in Jersey. Um, I'm, I'm like in Toronto, in Canada. So <laughs> I, I don't want to be providing advice to someone that's in America. They're like, hey, what services do you have? I'm like, oh, no, I'm actually in Canada. So but yeah. no, I think a lot of parents, even in America or around the world, do struggle with yeah. this. There's also beauty in a lot of children with who's on the spectrum. Oh yeah. So yeah. Too, so. Oh yeah. We, we wouldn't change him for the world. I think it's, uh, we've been blessed and, um, it's a different life, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, where it's beautiful too. Um, and, uh, I, I just hope that you stay safe and everyone stays safe. And, uh, 2021 is around the corner. I think it's going to be a different experience up in New York there. I want to see what kind of ball is falling. Oh, my goodness. We <laughs> jacked up. But before we go, let's cheers before we go. Yay. 20, okay. Looking forward to 2021. Cheers. Okay. <laughs> thank you for having me, Trisha. Oh, thank you. I, I love you guys so much, and I miss you. And if you didn't have COVID, I'd probably already be visiting you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll see you. Bye, everyone. Okay, see ya.